Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we started recording episodes virtually instead of being in the same room together. This created technical issues for us for many weeks. Our sound issues get better beginning with the pros and cons episode. In the meantime, we appreciate your patience with the sound issues that are present in this episode. Dialectical Behavior Therapy was created in the 1980s by Marsha Linehan in Seattle, Washington. Today, DBT is taught all over the world. We're two therapists who believe everyone can benefit from DBT skills. I'm Kate. I'm Michelle. And And this this is is DBT and Me. Hello, everybody. Glad you're here. Hello, says Kate. (laughs) Alrighty, so believe it or not, today marks the last episode of the Emotion Regulation Skills. We've been spending a number of weeks focused on emotion regulation, starting way back with our Emotions 101 episodes that we did. Two of them. (laughs) It was a long time ago. We had a lot to say about emotions. It's an important topic. Um, And today we're going to be concluding this conversation about emotion regulation before we move into distress tolerance skills. And to do this, we're going to be focusing on what we call, well, DBT calls it, we're going to be going with it, of troubleshooting. The essence of it is basically, over the past however many weeks, we've been talking all about these different skills that you can use for emotion regulation, like please, and check the facts, and opposite action, and all of these different skills. And if you've been trying them out, and if you've been running into challenges or issues where you're doing it, but you're thinking to yourself, this doesn't really seem to be working (laughs) or helping me as much as I hoped. Today is the day where we're going to talk about possible reasons for why that is and what you can do about each of those reasons. Woohoo! So there are six different reasons that we're going to be breaking down and going through. I want to briefly mention, if some of this sounds familiar to you, there's a reason for that because way back in... I think it was part two of Emotions 101. We talked about what makes it hard to regulate your emotions. And there were six reasons for why it was hard. So I'm going to just briefly review those. And the reasons were biology, lack of skill, like you didn't know what to do to regulate your emotions, reinforcement of emotional behavior, moodiness, emotional overload, and emotion myths. And just as there were six things that DBT summarizes as why it makes it hard to regulate your emotions, we're going to basically be addressing all six of those today. And as we do so, we're going to be referencing some of the emotion regulation skills we've been talking about, referencing tip that we talked about last week. Um, so there's this is basically a review, more or less, is yeah, what we're doing today. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh. Bringing it full circle. Exactly. Bringing it full circle and wrapping up any loose ends so that hopefully after today, you really feel like, ah, 
okay, now I feel confident moving forward of seeing maybe where some of this hasn't worked for me before, now what I can try different and things like that. Yeah, so, exactly, yeah. So Kate, you wanna kick us off with the first one? Sure, so the, the I, actually, before, I just like how they title this handout, which is the troubleshooting motion regulation skills when what you're doing isn't working. Yeah. <laughs> I like that phrase. I know you kind of mentioned it too, but I like that. When what you're doing isn't working. It's just kind of blunt. Like, yeah. you're trying. It's not working. We're going to help you. Yeah. Here's some reasons it might not be working. Yeah. Uh, so first one is biological sensitivity. Um, this harkens back to, uh, again, uh, like Michelle was talking about, we're going to be talking about some of the skills we already mentioned. And this one really focuses on the please skills. Um, if you remember, please is physical illness, uh, exercise, avoid mood altering substances, sleep, and eating well. Um, and really what this idea is, are you out of whack in any of those areas, right? If you're having a day and you're trying your skills and you're still just super emotionally volatile and nothing is going well, maybe think to yourself, huh, I've been working on three hours of sleep. Maybe that's why everything's all forked today, right? Or, you know, have I been eating nothing but, uh, you know, I'm trying not to throw any particular brand under the... But, Chips! Uh, junk Chips food. all day, yeah. Yeah, have I been eating junk all day? Have I been, you know, has it been a week and a half since I moved my body, right? Like, are there, are there things, right? So that's, uh, the first one is just really, um, I think Michelle's used this term a couple times now, bottom up, right? This is, are there things that are just really tangible, physical, my body, uh, that could be throwing me off. Um, I know, uh, Michelle, that you mentioned this when we actually did the please thing, because it says to talk about it, but also things to consider are things like chronic illness or chronic pain. Um, you know, just because pain is chronic doesn't mean there's no variation. So it might be like, hey, am I having a particularly high pain day? Am I having a flare-up of my illness? Right, is there something like that going on? Um, and then also, uh, I, I don't know, this one isn't one that can necessarily be changed, but it may be something just to bring awareness to and some self-compassion to is, um, you know, way back when we talked about, you know, some of the neurobiology uh, of things, uh, like maybe you are someone who has a more active limbic system. I am one of those, right? So on average, I just have pretty intense emotions. Like they're, they're just a lot sometimes. And so, you know, if maybe, you know, you just, I don't know, I don't know anybody that can say this, but if you're one of the know unicorns in the world that can say you've been you know eating right and sleeping well and exercising appropriately and treating all of your physical illnesses and everything else <laughs> and you're still like Ugh, I still have so much emotions um maybe just have a little self-kindness and be like oh, maybe at a real literal biological you know physiological level i'm more inclined to intense emotions so i'm gonna have to spend a little bit more energy and a little bit more work than your average bear um to regulate my emotions it's just a little bit harder for me right and so just acknowledging that can actually make it easier which is weird acknowledging that it's harder can make it easier <laughs> um, but yeah so the first one is just check check your body and uh if if you can notice places where it's out of whack that you can change go ahead and work on those um if it's stuff you can't change um it's just an invitation to self-compassion and self-kindness around that that's kind of how i think about it Mm -hmm. Any other thoughts there, Michelle? Yeah, the only other thing that I would add on to just what you were saying now of having self-compassion for yourself is also I think that part of that is if you feel comfortable doing so, communicating that to the other people around you can also be one way yeah. to 
re remedy sort of this in a way like again if you can't eat something if you can't take a nap if you can't move your body if you like if you're pretty stuck in terms of how you can try to get yourself back in balance and you can't do some of those things if there's a way to not only communicate and give compassion to yourself but to if it's safe and if you feel comfortable doing so share that with the people around you so that they can have some compassion and understanding for you as well like hey i'm sorry if i'm really snippy today i only got three hours of sleep <laughs> yeah that kind of a thing because i know when i have people come to me and they convey like hey i'm just off my game today like they convey that some way somehow i do soften a little bit towards them and it does change how i interact with them and that that can help so it can help the other people around you if it's a supportive environment respond to you differently and yeah it's i think a great way to i don't know just kind of own it and face it and accept it that that may be a factor of what's going on mm -hmm. that makes sense I like that. <laughs> yeah moving on to number two um what's next is it says check your skills which I don't know this one for me whenever we get here I'm just kind of like well they've already been trying the skills like so it seems so insensitive it would be like check your skills um because hopefully you're trying these out you're seeing how it goes and things like that but what's really important to emphasize here is as I think we've hopefully done a pretty good job of acknowledging so far DBT has a lot of different steps when there's an acronym there's a lot of different letters and when it's something like check the facts or opposite action there are these worksheets that come with them that take you through like six or seven different steps they're like problem solving like we talked about recently these are intensive things to do and sometimes we get tempted and kate and i admittedly we recommend shortcuts sometimes of like we'll try this but if you're trying our shortcut kind of way <laughs> and if it's not working so well for you really try to go back and work through the skills as precisely as you can if you haven't done the worksheets thus far try doing the worksheets try sitting down and really making sure you're doing every single step filling in every part of the page to make sure that you're not accidentally unwittingly skipping over something you know kate was just talking about please maybe you're really aware of like oh today my pain's flaring up that might be playing a role in why i'm feeling irritable have you looked at every single component of please have you also checked out that maybe you haven't had anything to eat yet today and that you know like making sure that you're really combing over each of the skills to make sure that you're hitting on every single letter of an acronym and that you're doing every step of like the worksheet and that kind of an idea is really what they're getting at here and I think it's important too with this check your skills idea because for some of you out there maybe you've known about dbt for a long time you've been doing dbt this is you know kind of a refresher for you i'm guessing most people this may be their first time ever hearing these skills <laughs> and when you're learning these for the first time it's really hard it's a lot 
And so it's also important and good to acknowledge in this like check your skills thing of acknowledging that you're new at this and that it may take you some practice before the skill works for you. One of the things that it mentions is um, the way the DBT phrases it is get coaching if you need it. Um, so that's great if you have a therapist that you're working with to go to them and say, hey, I've been trying to check the facts. Um, I want to make sure I'm doing it right kind of a thing. Um, that's great. And also, I think it's just important to really take your time with this. And again, I mean, Kate and I write into us, right? <laughs> if you're like, I'm trying, it's not working. Please let us know so we can support you as well. But it's just really important if you're trying out a skill and you don't feel like you're getting the experience that you were hoping to get out of it, that you go back and you review it and try again. So, yeah. Um, anything to add to that one, Kate? Yeah, I think um, most of what you said is, is perfect. Um, I would say, I don't know, like if you're trying a skill, so I guess I'll just own this. I'm more prone to doing things that I like. <laughs> yeah. So, uh-huh. like, if you're trying a skill that you like, because you like it, so, right, that's an appeal, um, but it doesn't seem to be doing the thing that you wanted to be doing, that's the right skill for the situation, right? Like, maybe you really like it, but it's not the one that's meant for that type of situation, right? So, you might, um, you know, here's a place that Google is your friend, right? If you might, like, say, like, like look at the skill online or handouts or things you know michelle's great about posting stuff on the facebook group that has the worksheets and stuff but like okay is this a skill that's supposed to work (laughs) in Mm -hmm. the situation that i'm engaged in or maybe uh you know it's worth trying one that i don't feel as strong of an affinity for at baseline but might be more appropriate to the situation at hand but that's about all i want to add yeah no that's a great point and i and i think you're right there are some skills that we may hear them and we're like Meh. you know and again that's why we call it dbt and me is because different skills are going to resonate with different people and we want you to take the dbt skills and make them your own and at the same time if that's not working for you <laughs> time to maybe explore the other stuff that maybe there's a reason yeah that doesn't fit as well initially and give it a try yeah totally cool all right awesome so next one is check for reinforcers um I, I simultaneously love and like hate this one. I love it because I think it's super important and I dislike it because I think it wielded inappropriately can be invalidating. Like I think unfortunately a lot of TPT stuff if done wrong can end up being really uh, like not invalidating, but like I think this one can lead to kind of self-shaming. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, the idea behind this one is really like, are there things and or people in your immediate environment um, that, uh, you know, through their behavior, the way they respond to you, uh, intentionally or inadvertently, uh, reinforce you behaving in a, like a super emotional, maybe sort of quote-unquote out-of-control uh, kind of fashion, right? Well, they, that you get the results you want when you behave in a way that you don't want to be behaving, right? You're looking to change that behavior, but that behavior gets you what you're looking for, which makes it a lot harder to change. Um, so, you know, it's uh, talking about, like, are your emotions, you know, managing to communicate to someone or influence someone who maybe when you're calm and rational, that you aren't listening or aren't changing what they're doing. You know, um, 
do your really strong emotions end up being something that you use to push yourself into something that motivate you or push you towards action that maybe you have a hard time doing uh, without that intense emotionality behind it. Um, there's something about how you're feeling or behaving end up validating something for you, your beliefs about yourself or your beliefs about the world. Um, please note that these don't have to be quote unquote positive beliefs. This could be um, like something that reinforces for you that you're crazy and that's just a part of your narrative, right? Is that you're crazy. And see, so look, I must be crazy. I'm acting all crazy, right? Like, so it doesn't have to be that this behavior proves I'm a shining saint. Um, it can be something that reinforces a belief about yourself, whether that's a positive or negative belief. Um, so, right, that's, that's, that's really what it is. Look around, either within yourself or in your external environment, and see, are there things that give me what appear to be a pretty good reason to continue engaging in this behavior, even though consciously and intentionally I'd like to change it. Um, so I think that's kind of the thing. If if you are having reinforcers, some of the stuff that it talks about to try and help with those issues are, well, we haven't done any interpersonal effectiveness skills, but we'll get to those. Apparently, actually, way later. But yeah, way later. But, right, so basically, like, can you can you look at a more skillful interpersonal behavior if the issue is coming from someone else? Um, can you find other ways to motivate yourself outside of this, you know, emotional behavior? Um, you know, find other ways. Well, it says practice self-validation. Uh, I think that actually is good and bad, depending on what kind of belief it is. Don't find other ways to validate that you suck. Please don't do that. You don't suck. I'm just going to say that right now. Um, <laughs> so uh, practice ways to validate things that are, you know, healthy <laughs> to validate outside of your emotional behavior um, and or do a, like a pros and cons kind of thing about um, other ways of behaving or changing kind of the emotional state you're in. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Any other thoughts there, Michelle? No, I think that's pretty good. <laughs> The reinforcers one is it's it's weird because I think it's a hard thing for us to take a look at and have that much awareness around of when I act in this way, what does it get me? Yeah, we have to we have to be pretty honest. <laughs> yeah, that's what makes that one really tricky to do is yeah, how honest we have to be with ourselves um but i think you did a great job of summarizing the points of some questions to start asking yourself to see if that may be part of what's going on for why you might keep expressing your emotions in this way that there's a part of you that maybe wants to change and there's a part of you that maybe is like no this is working somehow <laughs> mm -hmm. yep all right Moving on to number four, um, the fourth one is check your mood. So I'm thinking way back to that Emotions 101 episode when we talked about moodiness originally. And if I recall, maybe you can help me a little bit, Kate, with what you remember of that. But I think I remember us talking a little bit about how that can show up as being stubborn or willful. Um and this idea, too, that the difference between mood and emotions is that mood is like the climate. Emotions are like the weather. The weather I think we talked yeah. about that metaphor there. Um, so the question the DBT encourages asking here with this challenge, 
with this challenging situation is, am I putting in the time and effort that solving my problem will take? Sometimes, depending on what mood we're in, we just may not have a lot of energy to put forth. <laughs> or we may just not want to. So that's where my brand is at. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do that. That's a lot of work. Yep. If I'm in a state where I'm really tired, sure, maybe please could help me out a little bit and maybe boosting my energy somewhat. So then I could maybe want to use my skills a little bit more. But there are just going to be times, whether it's due to yeah, depression, fatigue, whatever it is, where we just aren't in the mood <laughs> to practice the skills. <laughs> so... What they recommend if you catch that this is something that's going on for you is, yeah, kind of, again, that idea of doing pros and cons. This can be something that you go through real briefly in your head, in my opinion. Yes, DBT has a worksheet for this, but real quickly in your head to just be like, all right, so if I do what my mood is telling me to do, right, if I just sit here or whatever it is, what does that get me? If I try to use the skills, what does that get me? <laughs> what is hard and easy about each of those scenarios? And that may help give you some clarity on what choice to make. And I don't know, maybe you feel this way, Kate, but I feel like where both of us come from is that if you really go through that and if the conclusion is like, nope, not DBT right now. Neither of us are probably going to sit here and be like, oh, shame on you. Like, the answer is always to use your skills. Come on. Get out of the mood you're in and use your skills. No, not always. Um, and I think it's important to recognize that sometimes it can be good and important to push yourself. And sometimes it's good and important to not. <laughs> And that either outcome is okay. Just do some thinking around like, do I want to push myself a little bit right now to try to use my skills or do I just need to wait till tomorrow? Like whatever works for you and your specific circumstances at the time. Also talks about practicing some radical acceptance and some willingness, which we are going to be getting to. We keep talking about radical acceptance. I promise it's coming. It's a big one. It's a whammy. But basically this idea of you know am i just digging in my heels and how could i maybe try to go with the flow of what's going on a little bit more checking in with yourself around that and practicing mindfulness might be helpful here it specifically recommends practicing participating and effectiveness so it picks both a what and a how skill so participate effectively um but you know a lot of times when we're in a certain mood that's really the message is like, don't do anything, <laughs> right? Just check out, just don't do it. And mindfulness can be a great way to check back in ever so slightly and to try to see what you can do at the time that may feel good and effective to you to start participating a little bit more in whatever you might want to do at the time so that those yeah those are some ways to combat moodiness is how dbt puts it um anything else you want to add there kate any agreement yeah. disagreement on what i said <laughs> a little bit so uh, just a slightly different perspective maybe um what i was thinking about is as someone who has a history of self-harm um another place where 
like not wanting to use skills can come from is familiarity. Um, you know, for a lot of people, especially if this is new to you, oh, okay, that was a tautology. If this is new to you, it's new to you. <laughs> okay, good job, Kate. Um, right, but you know, it's it's entirely plausible that these skills are new, or still a little bit confusing, or are challenging, or you know, even if they're somehow super easy, they're still new, right? They're still not familiar, and so a lot of our less healthy actions—I don't want to call them coping skills because they're not really. Uh, reactions? There you go. <laughs> Less healthy ways of dealing. There we go. Of dealing with whatever state or mood we're in. Even though, you know, a part of our brains is like, objectively, this may, this is not a good idea. Uh, but, uh, you know, I want it. I want the thing that I know will produce the effect that I want. Right? I know it's not a healthy path to get there, but I know the end of this path. Like, I'm certain it will do the thing I want. Because it has. That's why I've done it. <laughs> So, um, just to like, yeah, sometimes it's not an I don't want to about the skills, and it's a I do want to about the, like, the unhealthy thing. Um, because while there's, you know, rational part of your brain that's like, self-harming is a bad idea, um, there's, you know, there's a reason you've been doing it, right? And so, um, I just want to, I guess, validate and acknowledge that that's also a thing. Um, so, you know, I hope that more often than not, you'll, you'll, you'll choose to put efforts towards the new, scary, weird skills that we're trying to throw at you, and uh, no shame on you, right? No shame being given for recognizing that there is a, an allure to our unhealthy behaviors. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been doing them. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> right? So, I don't know. That was all I wanted to kind of say there. Yeah. If that makes sense. Perfect. I think that's great. So the next box is check for emotional overload. Uh, and the question that DBT asks at the top of that one is, am I too upset to use complicated skills? Um, what DBT is referencing, and I don't think we've talked about this yet in this particular module, is they call it something the uh, skills breakdown point. Uh, and what that really means is kind of observing yourself and being like, I don't know, is my distress extreme? Am I feeling overwhelmed? Am I in a place where I can't focus my mind on anything other than the emotion that I'm going through? Um, like really, you're at that point where your brain just just shuts down. <laughs> uh, and you're really not processing information anymore. Um, you know, if you'll think about how we've talked about the brain in the past, you know, you're so upset that your prefrontal cortex is just sort of powered down, right? So you're not really capable of super complicated thoughts. Um, and so, you know, you can't solve problems or use really complicated skills. Um, so we'll, I think, yeah, we already talked about tip, uh, and that's a great skill to bring to bear if you're in this emotional overload kind of place. You know, it doesn't require a lot of thought. It's not really complicated. It, you know, relies on your physical body to change rather than you, like, I don't know, changing your mind, which can be much harder when you're in that kind of overwhelmed space. So tip is a big one there. Um, uh, depending on how, mm -hmm, I don't know, how, what kind of overwhelm it is. Um, I think Michelle and I talked about this really well during tip, but, you know, tip is for kind of 
I would say agitated emotions. Um, sometimes if you're in like the softer space of being really overwhelmed by sadness or other things like that, you can use more self-soothing type of activities rather than tip. That might look like, I don't know, snuggling up in a soft blanket, holding a teddy bear or a pillow and just like cuddling for a while. Other things that are soothing and gentle and don't require a lot of thought either. Um, but also you might find that you're not in a skills breakdown point, right? There's a, there's, it's worth looking at and evaluating honestly, right? I think a lot of DBT kind of requires us to look at ourselves pretty honestly. So you might be like, I'm overwhelmed and can't do anything. But then if you sit and you're mindful for half a second and you really know, you're like, well, actually I probably could <laughs> do the thing, right? So give yourself, if you have, you know, a little bit of an honest evaluation though, I guess, realistically, I'm just talking circles, but if you can make an honest evaluation of yourself like that, you're probably not in the skills breakdown point. That in and of itself is probably your hint. Uh, <laughs> right, so if you're in a skills breakdown point, use tip uh, or some other self-soothing kind of activity, depending on what kind of emotion you're dealing with. Uh, and then when your brain is on board again, you can start doing the more complicated stuff like problem solving uh, and, and other things like that, some other skills, depending on what the situation is. Does that make sense? Yep. I think it does. Okay. I was just thinking back briefly to, yeah, way back to those Emotions 101 episodes, <laughs> which I haven't thought about in a while, but the lion story that I told of, like, that would be a situation of emotional overload, right? Oh, well, yeah. This lion walks in, <laughs> super overwhelmed at the moment, the lion leaves, and probably, you know, for the next little while, probably for the rest of that evening, yeah, things like tip would probably be helpful of like, okay, now I need to <laughs> return to baseline. And again, as a reminder, that line is a metaphor for anything in life. When something super big happens to us, it's kind of that immediate aftermath where we need something to do, but that's not going to be too taxing. And that's why tip is such a great skill um, yeah. to use there because... Yeah, we have to wait. Yeah. We have to wait for our brains to come back to us. And tip helps us get there um, sometimes faster. And even if it, you know, I don't know, even if it still takes a while for our brains to come back on board, it just gets us by until it happens. So, yeah. yeah. Ideally, again, in a healthier way, right, than some of the urges you might have. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's the best antidote for the emotional overload stuff, for sure. Cool. All right. Our last box. Our last box. So, again, thinking way back to an episode from a long time ago where we talked about emotion myths, the last thing to check is checking for emotion myths that might be getting in your way. So, what is your self-talk looking like? What are you saying to yourself in your head? <laughs> about using the skills, about your emotions themselves and what you're feeling in that moment. What does that look like? Because if you are, I mean, and self-talk isn't some magical potion <laughs> that just works instantly, but it is powerful what we say and what we tell ourselves. And if you are telling yourself that your emotions are stupid, even if I'm just thinking about some of these other things we talked about now already in the episode, even if your police skills are on point <laughs> of like physically you're in a pretty good place, even if you're following the skills 
perfectly to the letter, every bit of it. Even if let's say those boxes are checked, if you're telling yourself while you're using the skill, something like, oh, I don't really know if this is gonna work. Like, I don't think I can really do this. This is super hard. You know, whatever it is, you're creating a barrier for yourself. Rather than trying to go in confident, even just acting confident and gets you a long way to therefore being confident because that incorporates some of the opposite action stuff that we've talked about. Um, so, or even just curious. Yeah, curious, right? Um, Let's see. Rather yeah. than this is shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no way this is going to actually help me. It, it's going to get in your way. So this is a really important thing to look at here is what you're telling yourself about your emotions or the skills. So basically what they recommend, if you catch this within yourself of, oh, yep, I'm maybe not approaching this in a positive, confident sort of way, I am getting kind of hard or down on myself a little bit, is to basically, I mean, try to catch that. And if you can in the moment, try to think what else you can tell yourself instead. It doesn't, again, it doesn't even mean you fully have to believe it yet. <laughs> but what else can you say that might help you get closer to the experience that you're hoping to have? How can you be a little more kind to yourself? So challenge it. And also it talks about practice thinking non-judgmentally. So you're probably being pretty judgmental about yourself. <laughs> and if you're able to write, check the facts and really practice some non-judgmental mindfulness of what's actually going on here. Even if you're not trying to like cheerlead yourself, oh yeah, I've got this. You know, if that's too much of a stretch, <laughs> at least come down to what do I know? And how can I like approach this very non-judgmentally, just factually about what this situation is, rather than judging my emotions, judging myself for trying to use or not use my skills. How can I just, what are the facts here? What do I know? And how to try to make yourself talk a little more neutral and taking the judgments out of it as best you can. So there's really, I would argue, two different ways to approach this. The first is, yeah, kind of cheerleading yourself, opposite action. I'm going to act confident even if I don't feel it yet. <laughs> you can go that route. But yeah, if that's too hard to get to, then maybe the baby step is to at least try to take some of the negativity out of your self-talk and have it just be more factual. Yeah. Thoughts on that, Kate? Actually, not really. I think you did a pretty good job with that one. I mean, I do hope, I think people, I don't know, it's worth looking at that myth's handout. You know, if you're not really familiar with it, um, at least to figure out the one or ones that are the most relevant for you. And, you know, maybe the phrasing's a little bit different. Maybe it's not exactly how they wrote it on the sheet, but whichever one you connect with, because the more, like, if you really, like, walk away with one to three things that you're like, yeah, I do that, um, you're more likely to be able to catch yourself doing it, right? If you spend some time really familiarizing yourself with and, like, you can set up sort of a little alert in your brain, like, oh, I should probably look at it anytime my brain says this sentence. Mm -hmm. That's a flag, right? That's an alert. 
<laughs> that it'd be helpful to have go off. So I go, hmm, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I don't know. Otherwise, I think you're doing your job talking about Yeah. Sense to me. Thanks. What's our homework this time, Michelle? Yeah. So homework for this week is, and again, like usual, we're going to post this in the Facebook group. So if you're already like, I don't remember what all six were, <laughs> we'll post it for you guys so you can look back at it. I'll, I don't know. Maybe I'll just briefly recite them back. Um, sure. So as DBT puts it, when what you're doing isn't working, <laughs> check your biological sensitivity, check your skills check for reinforcers, check your mood, check for emotional overload, and check for emotion myths getting in the way. So you might only need to check one of those things and then you're off to the races and things start going much smoother for you. You may have to check more than one <laughs> to try to get at the root of like what's going on here. Um, but check those out. So what we recommend as homework is basically trying to find the one for yourself where you feel like you may be struggling and really trying to hone in on what we recommended for that one to really try to target that for yourself if you find yourself struggling to use the skills when you're actively like trying to do so like you're trying to use the skills and it's just not working for you or if you just find yourself maybe emotionally not being in the emotional state that you want to be in, like being far more still in your emotion mind than your wise mind, you know, try try honing in on one of these to pick and start working on. Like with most things, we don't recommend trying all six at once. Pick one. <laughs> I feel like that's like our, I don't know, our informal like motto for the group. Like pick one. <laughs> start somewhere yeah yep and um email us dbt and me podcast at gmail.com yeah all right. all right closing moment time. closing moment time let's do it okie dokie so as per usual just start by getting comfy whatever that means for you right now sit in just something that you can maintain with ease and comfort. And if it's safe and feels comfortable to do so, I invite you to close your eyes. To begin with, we're just going to focus in on our breath. Let's just notice it. Mm. You don't have to breathe any more deeply or any more slowly than you do naturally. And it's just about allowing the breath to welcome you into your body and into the present moment. So today, we're just gonna do a nice deep check-in with ourselves. So to begin with, I'd like you to spend a moment just noticing your body. You don't have to do a full formal body scan, but just tune in, check in. Are you hungry or thirsty? Do you feel physically tired or sore? Is there any pain or discomfort or stiffness in your body? Maybe even, is there a place in your body where you're feeling an emotion? Maybe anxiety in your stomach or sadness in your chest 
your throat. Let's just tune in. Just notice. Give your body a minute or so to speak up. Say whatever it needs to say to you that maybe you've been tuning out previously to now. And next, I would like you to ask, what am I feeling right now? What emotions are present in me right now? No limit, no right or wrong answers. Are you feeling a ton of different things or one thing really strongly or something that almost feels like nothing? That's okay. Again, no right or wrong answers. This is just a chance to check in. A chance to ask the question and see what answers come up. How am I feeling? What am I feeling right now? Just allow yourself to be open and non-judgmental, no matter what comes up. And now last and maybe most difficult, I'd like you to check in with how you've been thinking today. What have you been telling yourself today about yourself, about the world, about your relationships, about your job, whatever's been on your mind? What have you been focusing on? What topics or what aspect of those things have you been spending a lot of time focusing on things that are heavy or hard? Have you been focusing on things that cheer you up, make you feel lighter? Have you been focusing on things that make you feel sad, things that make you feel angry? Have you been talking to yourself kindly or have you been talking really judgmentally? Despite what it may sound like, there are also no right or wrong answers here. This is not a place to judge yourself. This is just a place to gather information. This allows you the opportunity to know yourself better in this moment. So you can make some choices after this moment about if and if so what you'd like to shift. Just take that moment and try and bring in all the information from this check-in. How's my body feeling? And is there anything I want to do about that at the end of this? How are my emotions doing? Is there anything I want or need or can do to shift that? And what have I been thinking? What have I been focusing on? How have I been thinking today? Is there anything I want to do to shift or change that? So now just take two or three slow deep breaths. Trying to hold on to the information you've gotten, but also let go enough to come back into the room, into the present moment. Hopefully ready to act on any of those things that you've decided you want to shift. 
roll your shoulders, do some stretches, whatever feels good to come back. And when you're ready, you can go ahead and open your eyes. Thanks so much, everybody. Talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. To learn more about us and the DBT skills we're teaching each week, join our Facebook group. Simply log in to your Facebook profile and search for DBT and Me Podcast.